Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Man, learn and read first. Like everything that you can get your hands on that's for free and that's a book, like a book that you can pay for, get that and soak up all the knowledge you can so that you haven't you can't be fooled by nobody when you start interacting because real estate is all based on relationships. Of course, you got the product, which is the house, but it's how you communicate and network, which is what makes you your money. So if you already have knowledge or your own foundation, it makes it that much easier when you start segueing into the marketplace. So I would just say that's the first thing, bro. Get knowledgeable as, as much as you can. Use whatever resources you got at your disposal and soak them in. Hey, turn me up some. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires because I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations? Why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper I've been chasing greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later in the conversation. We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments. And sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars if you ain't gonna do it for yourself then do it for your mama only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit trying to learn some game xavier gonna talk about it no diana speak that shit that everybody voucher ain't no more excuses valid get up off the couch and get up in your bag to your bank account need an accountant This episode is sponsored by Bees. She is the creator of the Giftatize app and the author of the Financial Starter Kick book. Bees works in the defense industry as an overseas contractor. After years of studying financial literacy and investing, she is now financially free. The Financial Starter Kick comes with a free money allocation spreadsheet and gives you all the resources that you need to take control of your finances today. You can purchase the book at financialstarterkit.com. If you want to learn more about the defense industry and how to obtain a stable, high-paying career in the States or overseas, you can purchase her Defense Industry Guide at www.defenseindustry.guide. Also, for more information, you can follow her on Twitter at capital underscore SB. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode. And before we start this episode, I want to encourage all our listeners to please subscribe and rate our channel. We definitely appreciate that. Also, feel free to give us feedback. Like I said, all three of those things, we definitely appreciate it. I just want to start the show off and let you guys know. And um, here's another episode. I hope you all enjoy it. All right, all right you guys, welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier Miller. And today I'm tapped in with a, uh, another special guest. I'm glad to get this episode done. 
he's a dope guy. I see him always talking about dope things on Twitter, doing dope things. So I'm like, I definitely need to bring him on the show. And his name is Trevor Sarder, and he's the founder of Promise Land Realty. So welcome to the show, bro. Man, so glad to be here. Thank you so much, bro. Likewise. Definitely, man. Definitely. And just, we gonna get right into it, man. Just so for, uh, for all the things you're doing now, like, just give them a little background on yourself for the audience. What's the start to doing everything you're doing right now? Yeah, man. Uh, most definitely. So, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my mom and dad, because really right. it all started with my mom and dad and my grandfather. And my grandfather really was the first one to steer me towards real estate. When I was about eight years old, I started riding to work with him. And he was an appraiser in the city of Detroit. So, and he also did developments, but he was a syndicator, which I really didn't know what that was even then until now. So, but he was putting together larger deals. But long story short, I got to go to his office. He had plans and printers and stuff everywhere. So I was the little grandson in there playing around on his stuff. And then my mother was a developer as well. My grandfather helped her start her first condo complex in Detroit. And then my dad, he learned from my grandfather when he married my mom. My grandfather was his father-in-law and he educated my dad on how to get cheap properties in Detroit at the time too. So after church, I used to ride with my dad. My dad was owner managing his own properties. He was probably managing his own property. So he was going there collecting rent, dogs barking at us through the screen door. Uh, and we had a, a 10 unit building on Wyoming in Detroit and the property manager was terrible, but my dad would never fire him. Dude never collected rent. I mean, the place would be falling apart. He'll have me sweeping the stairs. We'd be trying to do repairs, but that's when I learned about real estate from then. So from then on, I ended up going to college, uh, UGA and then I graduated in 2007. Okay. But I caught a little weed charge that made me have to stay in Michigan. And my mm-hmm. dad basically told my lawyer to use my Michigan address so I couldn't, you know, go back to Atlanta. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't even know he did that until they, you know, they spoke out my senses. They're like, 1129 probation, remanded to the state of Michigan. I'm looking like, what's going on? But at that time, with the economy crashing, um, I couldn't get a job at all. And I had a portfolio. I, I had a degree in uh, architecture from the University of Georgia. I went around with my resume portfolio. No one was hiring. The economy was down. So my stepbrother had already got his broker's license. And mm. he was just waiting to, to use it. So in the meanwhile, while I was going through what I was going through, he was like, look, bro, you know, get with me as my assistant, take photos of these foreclosed properties for the banks. I pay you $20, $10, $20. And I had a car. So during the day, that's what I was doing, taking pictures for him. And so eventually uh, we were working in like one of his vacant rentals in Detroit on like a little card table. He had his laptop at my, back when they had digital cameras before mm-hmm. the phones had. <laughs> so this is probably 08, in the 07, 08. And so I started really learning. But meanwhile, you know, my brother was making probably about $70 on the BPOs, broker price opinions. And then they started giving them listings. So I was his assistant then. I had my boots on. He had me cleaning out the properties. And we was in the hood, east side Detroit, west side Detroit, cleaning out the properties. So I'm seeing he was he was probably paying me about 150 a day, which was good money for about right. you know, five hours of work. Mm-hmm. He's getting 2300 from the bank. I was like, okay. 
you know? So he was doing property preservation too. So I eventually I got my license with him. This was uh the end of 2008, December. He was like, because before that, we made it out of the house into the office, which was downtown Detroit. And I found it. Just I didn't think we were going to be able to afford it. He was like, bro, find us an office. Because he was doing numbers at that point. He had two other REO realtors under him that were producing and constantly getting listings. So things were getting way better for him. I still was satisfied with my little four, five hundred a week. You know, I'm like, I'm good. Under the table <laughs> cash money. Right. Oh, and it ain't nothing illegal. I was good. So um eventually we made it downtown. And by that December, he's like, bro, look, you can't be here no more without your license. Like you my brother. Like you shortcutting yourself. You know what I'm saying? You need to read. He put uh Gary Keller, million dollar real estate agent and millionaire real estate investor in front of me. I had to read both of those books and he made me enroll in Middleton real estate training. Mm. I went there. I got the, uh, I got the highest grade in the class on the test and I came out, signed up with all the banks and man, I started getting listings immediately cause I knew how to do the BPOs anyway. Right. So I signed up to get the broker's price opinions as a vendor, man, I started doing a thousand to 2000 a week on those. Cause I was slaving my little brother. When right. He yeah. You already, you already knew. I already knew. Cause I was getting paid pennies on the dollar, basically. Right. <laughs> basically, yeah. Basically, right. so that's how I started, man. And then once I, so luckily, my father lived in the suburbs, and you could still provide an address to the banks. So really, how I got on was using my father's address mm. in the suburbs, and they hit me with the listings out there, the REO. <laughs> So everybody else in Detroit. <laughs> oh, you was killing it. I I had to. Yeah, yeah. They was getting them. The house was selling for a thousand dollars. It's no myth. Thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. I mean, some of them six hundred dollars. They foregoing the commission to actually buy the house. It was all kind of crazy stuff going on, bro. Damn. It was crazy during that time. So I was like, man, I need to make some money. I'm gonna get this big commission, and I did. The first listing I got was on a lake, bro. It was, um, the property was 2472 Lachlan Lane. It was in West Bloomfield, Michigan on a lake. And the property was valued at about 1.4 market value. They gave it to me for 550. I had multiple offers the first day. I bet. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yes, sir. So that's what kind of hooked me. I made, I think the total commission was 11000 My take was eight. Bro got three. So now I'm bringing home money to bro. So he. You know, All right. He hyped. <laughs> he hyped. <laughs> oh, man. What? So that's how I kind of really got started. But even while I was getting those listings, I'm seeing that the people who were buying these, who were the investors at the time, they was making a killing. Mm-hmm. because basically they was just doing the same thing, getting them, putting some of them, you didn't have to put any money into because they was already straight. But some of them was like those more old school suburban homes that needed a touch up. So they'd come in, get something like that, put 50 into it, but putting 50 on a half a million dollar home, that ain't nothing. Yeah, ain't nothing. That's 10% of your acquisition price. So they coming in doing that, then flipping for a million, 900,000. Two years later, a year later. Jeez. So I'm like, whoa, I'm 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 a pawn right now. <laughs> like I'm thinking I'm making that's a, that's a good way to look at it though. I was a pawn right then. So 
that's when I started knowing that there was another way, even though I didn't, at that moment in time, I didn't know how to get the funding that I needed and stuff like that to take the deals down myself. That was something I learned later on. Um, but that's that's really how I got started, man. Man, that's that's so interesting because basically it's it's about it sounds like you was pretty much built for real estate. You know? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it, 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 I guess I was really, bro. And then now looking like my little brother. I mean, he he's ferocious too. Like he does his own flips and stuff too. So it's it's like he learned even from my mistakes because I did make mistakes when I first got with the bank. I was trying to be greedy. I filled out the invoice ahead of time and my contractor shot out on me. So I'm telling them that the work was done, trying to get the money to do the work. He gone. They send their own guy out like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> damn, ruin, ruin, ruin your whole shit. Ruin everything. No, and I, I got to keep it real with you, bro. That's why I'm, I'm so glad to be on here to tell people, like, it can go both ways. Because it's like, once you start, you know, conducting business on certain levels, you have to adjust your mindset to go with what you've asked for and what you've been trying to prepare for. So right. I was still trying to do nigga shit. Right, shit. Right. And, and when yeah. it was some big money shit. So uh, that really taught me because I could have gotten some trouble, but I had to end up paying $20,000 back to the bank. Mm. Old cheese. So you know that taught me. I had to pay thirty three hundred dollars a month, bro. Damn, damn, yeah. that's, that's a valuable lesson right there. <laughs> that's a valuable lesson, bro. <laughs> that's a valuable as fuck. That's a valuable lesson. So yeah, of course, yeah, I did have some good good strides, but they was built on mistakes too that I really learned, you know, firsthand. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, so, man. So was you like, because you, you mentioned how you went to uh, college in Georgia. So was like real estate a plan for you or was it something like when things went wrong, he was like, yeah, I, look, I real estate. I played ball, Zig. So I was okay. I was uh, All-State, All-American basketball in this school called Piney Woods. It's in Mississippi. Okay. So I, my mom sent me out there because they was trying to do a casino in Jackson, Mississippi at the time. So she was like, you go ahead and go to school out there. There's a, it was a black boarding school out. It's still, it's still there to this day, but I had to go ahead and prepare for them to move down there, but they never moved down there. The deal didn't go through. They just like, nah, you just stay down there. Damn. <laughs> Damn. In Mississippi. Nah, yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Um, but it was people, from, that's how I learned about Chicago. Cause there's people from Chicago there. Yep. It was all, everybody thought they was hard. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, everybody, yeah, know. Baltimore, right. everybody. So anyway, but I was playing ball. So I, uh, I got like some looks from like Bethune Cookman and George Washington and smaller schools, but I had got a letter from Georgia. So I'm like, I'm going D1, you know, out the gate. So I went out there, um, Start practicing with the team like that July. Then by October, they had got me out of there. They was like, oh, we're going to have you red shirt. They had brought – because I didn't have no scholarship. Mm. So they brought in like four other dudes, white boys, that they father already knew, Coach Herrick. And so they was like, but you cold enough to play. We're going to give you something next year. So I was young, bro, like 18. So I kind of really – it hit, it killed my confidence because I had never not played ball before. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, I'm about to go to college. I'm a, I don't want to be reading 
books like everybody else. I want to do something. So I was like, man, I want to draw. So that's why I enrolled in architecture because I didn't want to be like in my book all night. I'm like, man, I want to like make some, create some while I'm there. So that was my idea. But real estate was not in my mind at all in college. That's at crazy, all. bro. And, and and it still ended ended up working in your favor. That's what's so crazy about this. Yes, it was a blessing because it had it not been for real estate, I would have had to do my thing in Detroit. I mean, I, it was nothing else. Yeah. It was nothing else. So what? So what got you into uh, investing? Okay, so fast forward, man. Um, I made a good. I made my first quarter million dollars after that period. I'm telling you about when I got started with my brother. Okay, okay. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, I think I'm the man. I'm like 23, 24, you know what I'm saying? 25. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I just, I do this. Like, I do this. But I didn't know about how money works. I just thought that I could make plays and continue to make money without anything set up other than me. So I was just thinking I could make deals. I'm just always going to be this guy. So, uh, Man, I blew all the money, Zig. All of it? All, what? I mean, I didn't blow all of it, but I spent all of it. So, what, you, what, you, what you spend it on? Man, when I look back, when I look back. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I'm telling you, I'm in Detroit during this time. So, I look um, back on my statement, man. See, this is my, it was the total $24,000 was spent in the strip club, Zig. 24 racks? And 24 racks. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you was in there wilding. I was on some bullshit, see? I was on some bullshit. Hey, you was in there like big meets now. You I was <laughs> trying to be. I was trying to go with the boys, man. And that was the summer. That was over the, over about seven months. So, man, um. I got depressed, bro. Uh, you know, I helped a lot of people, but I didn't I didn't know what to do with my money, bro. I, right. We can't blame you, right? Being I didn't know. Too. I just didn't know. I just thought that I was on and that's just how it was now. I was I was calling niggas to come out to eat. Come on, meet us down at <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I thought I had got signed to the league, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm over here cracking up, bro. <laughs> I, know, I, I know the feeling, bro. It's you know a, what I'm saying? It's a real shit. It's a real shit. No, and you know we young and black. I'm like, man, I'm on. These my guys. All my guys on the hood. I'm buying niggas rose bottles. Everything. Taking niggas out to eat. Oh, <laughs> man. Come on. Bring her, too. Bring her, too. Come on. <laughs> so I was fooling, bro. So I'm going to tell I done never told nobody really this. I pulled up to the pump one day because I had this one, you know, all the money was on my debit card. Mm. And I pulled up to the pump, man, and I couldn't get no gas one day, bro. How I went on my money on the car. I'm not even, I'm, bro, I had racks on the car. I had racks on the car, bro. I'm like, man, there's got to be something going on. Cause you know how you know when you're not keeping up, it's all it's just, in the car. You don't know what's hitting when. You don't know nothing. So, bro, it hit me. I'm like, man, I didn't blew this money. So, man, I couldn't. I was young. I couldn't. My mind. I, I got depressed, bro. I was like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna make it back. And it and it they wasn't handing them out to me like they were before. Like, and it wasn't nothing to compensate for no two hundred thousand. 
You know what I'm saying? So uh, I went down to Atlanta because I, I went back to Atlanta. I was off probation at this time. So my daughter is in Atlanta. So I went down to be closer to her and um, just try to just figure out, like, where I went wrong. So I started reading a lot. I kind of just went in the lab. I got a job. I got a job working for, like, ADT and True Green Lawn Care, like, on door-to-door sales, bro. Like, in the heat, 100 doors a day. Oh, yeah. It was real. It got real after that. That's like, never mind where I'm coming from. I'm coming, <laughs> I'm coming from, you know what I'm saying, and walking me out from the strip club. You know what I mean? Hey, that shit humbling, man, especially when you're so young. And then you Super get to the level. Because people, like, you don't even want to tell people because people ain't going to believe they're like, they're like, nah. Man, you they're like, nah. Right. <laughs> you sound like the uh the old head. You know the old niggas you used to talk to back in the day. <laughs> I was a man. I was a man from the 80s. I was the first one to have 200 racks in the hood. You know, I'm telling you. They're like, all right. You better go to work. You better go to work. <laughs> that's what, and that's it, man. Like, I feel like this, like, even though it's crazy and it's funny, it's still, it's super important. Because, like, I was just having this conversation. Conversation with somebody else. I'm like, even though like uh, we have people before us doing great things with money and all that, but I'm like, our generation or this era really is like the first era at mass where it's like we all kind of getting money. Like the, you know, what I'm saying you had like time period like the '80s. It was like selective. It was only the dealers. You had to have some real heart to get the money back then. Exactly. They don't understand you. Them, my, you know, your older uncles and brothers thought they was some real gangsters. <laughs> Like, like exactly, it wouldn't right. It wouldn't no. You wouldn't go be no. You wouldn't go be sweet for no dude at all. Oh, at all, it wasn't no scamming and all that, bro. It wasn't <laughs> none of that, bro. You had to go out there with your little thirty eight in your sack and get yeah. your money. Get your money, and and this our, our generation. We ain't got to do that. We just using our brains and information and just doing shit. So when you run up the bread, like like I, I was just talking about the other day, saying like when I uh, when I first got a hundred racks, bro. I spent 20 of it, probably, like, it was so fast. I can't even tell you how fast it was, bro. And it would, I, and people would ask me on what. I'd be like, bro, I don't know, on travel, on dumb shit. Just what I wanted to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You, you grab you, you, It's like, you don't, you don't really, like, you know how to get it, but you don't, you, you still fully don't understand it. You don't know under how fast that shit could go, like. Like water, bro, it can run right through your hand. Run right through your fucking hand. Any amount. And and see, that's what you like. You from Chicago, I'm from Detroit. That's what I'm saying. So even even still, we have more people, luckily, that did get money, but you did it was a common thing for a nigga to go broke. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> common, bro. It's like common go broke. And it's like and if we being real, like especially when it comes to people in the street. It's like people might on the outside, they might be like, man, that man got hella bread, but they really be broke too. Yeah, bro. He just he got a so up, crazy. Bro. You know how it is? <laughs> yeah. they, might run, they might run up 200, but be back down to a dub by the end of the summer or something. <laughs> For real, though. <laughs> For real, especially in the summer. You was fooling all summer. All yeah. summer. All he got a rental car every weekend, he got five girlfriends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, nigga, nigga, about Rolly. Uh, oh it, yeah, this it, it, it get hectic, it's man. Gone. And then your <laughs> everyday lifestyle, bro. Your everyday lifestyle just went well. It ain't like what we be talking about now. Like how we be trying to tell people, like, bro, don't increase your expenses. Just increase your income. Back That's then, it's like, oh, we got it. We got it. 
They was the back then. It was like people knew how to make money, but they weren't financially literate. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Learning. It's like where who you was gonna learn from? The dude who you was learning from blew his cash. Facts, facts. So it's like, so that man, it's so real because that's that's what I always say that I'm like we really like that 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 first at scale where it's like not only do we know how to get it now we got the information how to keep this shit. how to keep it that's just that's important that's more important that's more important defense we never had defense never never bro defense. <laughs> never. that's never. why it, it does make me feel so good like when i hear i see you getting the type of attention on twitter for what you saying i'm saying not just get attention but i'm saying for what you saying right, I'm like, right. oh bro real okay <laughs> I'm like, it's the room for us, you know what I'm saying? The ones that's totally legit, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 for sure, bro. Because it's like this, the message it definitely needs to be be spreaded out there, bro. Because I get people, bro, they hit me up all the time. They ain't got nothing to do with no like real estate and nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. just out on the street doing their own thing. Yeah, but they can relate to it because they getting money, so they want to know, all right, how can I keep my shit? Yeah, because just believable when it's from it's it's never been that many people like us saying these things like you saying it is a whole new generation because yeah. even back then the black people that did know that they wasn't around you they wasn't around me they was trying to get away from us away away <laughs> from bro that's good, man. <laughs> hey that's facts bro that's facts they went they went and they definitely it were no platforms like twitter where you could easily just be like hey no but it is no they really had no clue for real then you gotta think Really, how many black people was really reading like that? I mean, like now it's way more than what it used to be. You was a nerd back in the day if you was reading, and I hate to say it because that wasn't right, but that's how you was paid. Facts, bro. That's and people and like some people they don't even believe that shit. Like I, I, I used to say that a lot. Like man, like even for me, I'm 26, but mm -hmm. like, it was the same way for me for real. Like if you was in the books, it was like oh this is that corner. The only, reason I, <laughs> the, only, the only reason I was in books because my dad, my dad used to make me read. If it wasn't for my dad making me read, man, I wouldn't read nothing. And then that's what it was like. Everybody thought it was a myth. They'd be like, oh, hide it in the book. Because, you know, I'm 35. So I'm like nine years older than you. So that's why it's real refreshing to hear you say stuff like that too, bro. Because, like, my little brother is 28. So y'all, like, you know what I'm saying? But more of y'all, way more of us, like when I was 26, 27, you see what I was on? I, was, I wasn't on that. Yeah. I was getting to, you know, be on that. But it took a lot of reading and a lot of studying for me to really understand how to use money. Mm. Man, that's, that's shit real. Like, now what I realized a lot, like my age group around that 25, 28 age range, we really like, the uh the younger brothers or younger sisters. Like most of us got older siblings that's like in the like I got an older brother. He 31, 32, 31, I think. Mm -hmm. And he so a lot of what I what I learned coming up was, you know what I'm saying, from seeing watching him, seeing his friends and shit. You know how I just shit just passed down to you. And you know what I'm saying? You know how I was just y'all was the smart little brothers. I was like, wow. <laughs> 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 <with that." laughs> Hey, facts. No, for real, bro. We just watched it. Like, all right. That's why I supposed to be. Each generation supposed to be, like, taking notes. I'm like, all right, this one, I'm, I'm going to do a different pivot and do my own. Yeah. But uh, I want to ask you this, though. So for people that's listening to this, they think about getting involved in real estate from a ground level. Like, what's your, like, what, what's your best advice to that person? 
man, learn and read first. Like everything that you can get your hands on that's for free and that's a book, like a book that you can pay for, get that and soak up all the knowledge you can so that you haven't, you can't be fooled by nobody when you start interacting because real estate is all based on relationships. Of course, you got the product, which is the house, but it's how you communicate and network, which is what makes you your money. So if you already have a knowledge or your own foundation, it makes it that much easier when you start segueing into the marketplace. So I would just say that's the first thing, bro. Get knowledgeable as, as much as you can. Use whatever resources you got at your disposal and soak them in. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that, bro. The information is as easy as that. That's like, the, you know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't no rocket science shit. No, man. Get the information. Yeah, that's that's facts. And I, I also I want to I want to ask you about Detroit since you're from the D. Like, what do you think about like especially what's going on right now? What do you think as far as the market? Man, and this is just my honest opinion, man. It, it hurts me. It was like I felt like just when we was finna swing up, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we coming right you. back down. I feel it's you. Like everything. I mean. Downtown Detroit, because I, I saw that y'all were up there, right? Mm-hmm. It has never, ever looked like that. Ever. Right. It never has bustled like that, maybe since my father and them Black Panther in the 60s, before the riots, bro. Like, before the fire. It's never looked like that. You've never seen people jogging downtown. So it was like, I was, not, to, not to say that's going to stop, but I'm saying, like, the, the rapid increase of value, I just think it's going to slow down now. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the car companies having to shut down again. Oh, I mean, you see, man, it really is really near and dear to my heart because I remember the last recession, bro. It was people who got they buyout, like so people that work for GM, and I don't know, if, I don't know the situation with how they're getting paid, severance and stuff this time. But last time they was getting packages, getting the buyout, so. You know, you anticipated working, you know, whatever, nine more years, 10 more years. They paying you your whole salary right then. So people getting 100000 mm-hmm. you know, 80000 70000 So some people, yeah, were buying houses at that time. Like my boy Saeed, he got a, a payout from GM, and he bought like like three or four houses, and he was straight. Mm-hmm. But some people go to the casino, bro. Mm-hmm. And And – Oh, man, it's just sad. It's just sad, and I don't want that to happen. But to answer your question, bro, I don't know, man. With us being on lockdown and them eliminating them jobs, bro, I think it might go back down. That's what I'm saying. Them jobs, them jobs, that's the major part about it. I mean, people can't pay rent, bro. I mean, that's just a fact. People can't pay rent. So you're going to see, like, uh, what you saw before – uh, back in OA, like my father's neighbor, he had to move and go rent a place in it, from the nicer neighborhood. So you're going to start seeing these people who got into bad mortgages, just like before. They got into bad mortgages that they could barely afford. For real, they really didn't qualify for real. And now that payment hidden, so they're going to have to go back and be renters. The banks will probably be soaking up um, more houses in good areas. And they're going to let the ones fly in Detroit again if they go. But see, this, the only thing, the only difference is now you got, there was more of a gentrification in the neighborhood. So I don't know what's going to happen with the values if they're going to stay there. But certain pockets going to go dirt cheap again, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that, bro. And uh, something that you said on Twitter, I'm like, yeah, this definitely needs to be talked about. You said, talked about not getting caught up into what other investors doing. And I feel like this, this, that get, like, get a lot of people into a lot of bullshit. Like, just watching, because you can see somebody make some quick bread, be like, oh, you might get off track into trying to, yeah, so just, just, just uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, man, because, um, and it, it, it is so prevalent in today's world, because I see, you know, you could tweet about how you made some money doing something, or I can say, I made 1200 doing something, They're like, oh, can you give me A to Z on how to do that? It's like, bro, slow down, like, down, bro. Like, that's not your lane. Because, first of all, man, you got to realize, like, as an investor, the whole thing of being an investor is educating yourself on what lane you're going to invest in. That's the first thing. Warren Buffett and all them boys will tell you that. He's the model of that. He's one thing. Now, he makes flips off that thing, Mm -hmm. which branched out to other things. And that's what I would say, like, okay, yeah, it's nothing wrong with taking notes on how someone is making money. That's right. But see how that works into what you already have going on hmm. or what you can understand. Cause some ways people make money like, bro, I don't understand stocks. I don't pretend to understand stocks. So if somebody make a hundred thousand with stocks, it don't bother me because oh, it's dude. not my lane. Mm, it's see. not my lane. <laughs> I, and, man, that's real, bro. Yeah, man, and and that's so so to 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 piggyback on that same point is just to say like, man, focus on you and your lane. That way you can you can inspect what you got going on, and then you know increase your thing to be produced what someone else is producing from another lane. Mm, that's deep, bro. And then you become the jack of all trades too, which which is not good because you all over the place and you can't never get a substantial windfall. When you too scattered. That's that's real. And do you think that's something that just comes with with age? What you learn in that? Because I feel like when you're young, especially a lot of people, they just like they see somebody else, they like squirrels. Like, oh, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that. But you know what it goes back to too? Purpose, bro. It's mm-hmm. about what's your purpose, and that kind of will line up what you need to be doing. Because if your purpose, it, it's like, what do you what are you trying to make? And I think. Some people, you know, just to keep it real, they don't know why they're making money or why they want to make money. And some people just, yeah, they don't know why they even want to make money. So that's why they'll do anything that comes across because you don't have a foundation or a purpose or a true plan of what you're doing. And then that's a whole, you ain't ready to make money, in my opinion, like no real money at that point because you're going to just be all over the place. Hmm. You're going to be all over the place, and, you, and you're going to blow it. And you're going to blow it. And the money can hurt you. Because, you know, if you're reckless, money can hurt you just as much as it can help you. Mm. It can drown you just as much as it can float you. That's some real shit, especially if you got terrible habits. If you got terrible habits, now you in yeah. debt. That's now like the best thing you can get is money. <laughs> if you got terrible habits, because it's going to, man, man I'm going to definitely go crazy. Yeah, and then now you just and when you get money, now you just magnifying the terrible habits you had. Right. Health risks. You know, no matter what you had going on. For real, like like they, like they say, say uh, alcoholic with money is what they I forgot the saying. Pretty much they say he's gonna be uh, even bigger alcoholic. That's he's it. Smoker, he's gonna be even bigger smoker. Everything. Smarter. Yeah. You know, people, bro, they gonna magnify. It. Just like okay, same thing like a lottery winner. 
you know, it's, it's very few lottery winners have ever held on to their winning. Right. No matter how much it was. They get a hundred million and be gone five years. Be gone. Not even five, bro. <laughs> 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 and you like, how you run through a hundred mil in a couple of years? How? But it's, it's habits. Yeah, that's, and that's and that's why we always talking about mindset so much. Because it's like, all right, man, you if you want to get this money, you want to do whatever. If your if your mind ain't right, I'm telling you, you gonna blow this. It ain't gonna be. And that, that's piggybacking like what you're saying, mindset. Because, um, oh man, I just had the point. I forgot that you just sparked it up. Uh, no, this is what I was going to say. For people that really do have a plan and have to work on their mindset, this is, the, this is the fact, too. When you're working, the money does come. Mm. And that's what people don't really understand. Some Them checks do come. And so it's about what you're going to do with it when it comes. Yeah, because it's going it's, it's to come. It's gonna the money come. is going to come. Yeah. And that's the reality people, some people are scared when it does start coming, like, oh, hold on, I'm actually getting money. Yeah, <laughs> now, you know what I'm saying? Now what you going to do with it? And that's the importance of mindset, because if your mindset is there, you're like, okay, bet, I plan for this money. This is, this is money allocated for this, because when you're planning out your money, you know what every piece should be doing mm-hmm. and where it should be going. And and then well, right now with this pandemic, I feel like it's super important to to lock in, especially on that mind part. Because I feel like a lot of people might feel like it's difficult, or they or they might be lazy right now, depressed. Because if you're going through hard shit, you could easily be depressed right now. What's going on? That's true. But it's important to try to come up out of this, like or the new mindset, or a new some new hustle, new something. Yeah, because I mean it's a reset button for us all. Yeah, it is. It definitely it's a reset is. Reset button. And so now is one of the best times to form some new habits, especially if you know you're on some bullshit. You know you, you know, whatever yo, you waking up late, you eating too much, you you not working out, whatever you're doing, you blowing cheese on stupid stuff, you can kind of scale that back. Like, oh, because we got the crib every day. It ain't no secret. <laughs> right, right. You can't flex. Everybody know what everybody's doing. You at the crib, bro. You at the crib or you blowing it all at Walmart because you can't. Right. We can all just go to Walmart right now. Straight so, up. I mean, ain't but so many candles and shit you need. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, straight up, bro. Ain't no, ain't like, man, like, I've been, like, I've been tr- kind of not saying it that much because I know it could be people on the opposite side and I don't want to seem like I'm boasting nothing. But right. I'm like, man, this pandemic with me, man, it's been like, this has been like a blessing in disguise, bro. I've been saving so much bread the past. Cause I've been in the crib. What is what, what's what's it? April, bro. I've been in the crib since like the beginning of March, bro. A month. So I'm like, man, I've been looking at my stuff like, damn, I ain't spent nothing. I've been spending three hundred dollars on over the past week. That's it. That's it. <laughs> like, it's, man, I'm about to keep doing this shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and see, so for you, you got rewarded from what you were doing before the pandemic. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's either kind of a win or a lesson. And it is still a lesson because you're like, wow, this works. However, I was living prepared me for a time that no one could prepare you for. It's real life. Everything shut down. It prepared you to sustain over X amount of time, however long we got to be like this. That's real. And if you didn't prepare, it's a lesson like, oh, man, this caught me with my pants down. I'm low. I usually get money doing XYZ. I can't get money doing XYZ right now. So boom, let me let me figure out mentally what I need to do. What, what routine do I need to build? What skills do I need to sharpen? 
you know, what do I need to do to be ready to adapt to any situation? Any situation. And I, I feel like this this pandemic kind of is important, especially for like entrepreneurs, because it exposes business models. So you know what I'm saying? So if you got an idea, especially yeah. if you're young, you ain't never been through, through no recession, and you got an idea on like, this is my business model, this is what I'm going to do, and this happened, and this just cut off everything. Now you know, like, all right, I'm not doing this. I'm a whole new strategy now. Right. Now, and then on the opposite side of that, if you got a strategy that you thought was like, this is what it is, and this shit happened, and your shit still working, now you know, like, this the bread and butter right here. Right. It's cool. It's time <laughs> It's time no, no, I was saying that's why I do. That's why I am going a little bit harder on the real estate tweets right now, because real estate time tested. It's just about which sides you're going to be on. Like when I was a realtor, OK, with the retail realtors couldn't make the adjustment to working for the banks because they used to these private owners. But now that's out the door. It's a buyer's market. So what you going to do? You know what I'm saying? So you you get. <laughs> It's over with, over. or you, or you adapt, adapt and survive. You know what I'm saying? So that's in your business. Look at uh, like we were talking about uh, Grand Cordon. He's super leveraged. Had all them apartment buildings. He and was it, looking sweet. He was looking real sweet. And you might, and you might be somebody that see that, and you got your own shadow, but you see that, you might think like, damn, maybe y'all should go that route. And then you shit like this happen. And it, and you think think that's bad well you was talking about the other day we ain't even rolled in this yet right why you think these governors like oh we gotta open back up i don't care who died (laughs) like come on straight up straight up they know bro it's getting bad out here it's serious and it it ain't it's getting bad for the for the right people that's Mm -hmm. what's happening they like whoa we taking hell (laughs) people and you got to think, these are the same people that paid for these governors to be in there. Let's just be yeah. real. Bro. Yeah, let's be real. That's fine. By the small business owners, we run America. Mm-hmm. That's who runs America. Mm-hmm. And the corporations, corporations, the large corporations, and the small businesses, we run America. Yep. That's who run America. That's who calling the shots. That's why Trump like, I don't know. I got you. Hold on. He like, man, I hold on. Let me <laughs> <laughs> let me see. Let me hold on. Lay on his head. Cause we like, hey, we gave you, we gave you two M's last year to get to get you in office. What you mean? We finna be shut down. We can't be shut down. That's what's going on. Oh, that's 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 really so you gotta be able to see that and know that, like, man, if you an American, bro, and this is just real, if you an American, either you gonna be a corporation. Or you're going to be a citizen, bro. You got Because the corporations is what, and what I'm saying is which side you're going to stand on. They talk about, joke about LLC Twitter. But, bro, right. LLC Twitter run the world, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a real shit. That's a real shit, bro. That's, that's, that's really, that's the truth. United States of America is a corporation in itself, bro. So that LLC Twitter is, is this the whole shit, bro. You talking about that? This this America, this is a business. This ain't no corporation, bro. And I like that you said that because I feel like, like man, a lot of people don't understand like where the fuck they at. And I and what I, what I mean by that is like you'll get people that are like, I'm not trying to 
Yeah, that shit, it, it be, it be, it be, it be killing me, bro. I be like, yo, what's, what's, what's really going on? If, if we, like really- I said, it comes back to our generation, man. Nobody really, uh, it was never really a problem. Like we, we kind of voiced that, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, and I, and they can say what they want about my man Jay, because I, I don't know what he, Jay Morrison. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But he did start that kind of wave, bro. I will. I, I, I believe so as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't, I don't agree with everything he's doing totally 100% with the Tulsa Real Estate Fund right now because I feel like he should have made some better purchases. That's just what I'm saying. For, for people that was really putting their 500 in and their 1,000 in, I feel like he should have just went by the book and bought – you know, cheap crib and just just played it out of playbook. If you had ten M's to just spend on crib, that's you should have bought the hood. That's just my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Ten M's could buy a whole damn. Uh, uh, I can't even. I can't even think how much property you could buy. Off of 10 just, it, I just. I, and I feel him. You know what I'm saying? But it's like and like like what I'm saying is he did bring that 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 light to like, hey, why don't we own our own hood? Why don't we? Why don't we own more? Why don't we know these same tools? And I think you know, because that's really what got me into wholesaling was his class. And my brother went up there to uh, Baltimore and got with the Young Minds Can um, okay. internship. Yeah, got he was the first one there. And so, uh, so I met I met Jay a couple times, but bro, be uh, I just liked where he was trying to take it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, me too. I, I, cause uh, this, this, uh, this Lebanese chick put me on the J in like twenty fourteen. Mhm. Yep. Around that same time. Teen. Yeah. This. Yeah. She put me on twenty fourteen, and uh, I was just seeing this message, and this was. I mean, I went in. I went in real estate into none of that at the time, but seeing the message, I could just. I'm like, you can't do nothing but feel that. Yeah, man. And I think it was real impactful with him when he started going city to city on corners and stuff. That was real impactful, bro. Yeah, it was. Because there's so many, bro, so many uh, still, to this, still to this day. We got no idea about no real estate. I talk yeah. to people all the time, and just the most basic real estate info they don't know. Don't know. But yeah. smart people, though. You know what I'm saying? Smart right. right. Smart people, too. Yeah, people, man, and that's why I think it is so important that we do have. I, I mean, I think it's a gift from God that we have. Like you got how many followers? You got about twenty thousand almost, don't you, boy? That's what I'm saying. And you saying the right things that people need to be hearing, bro. That's like, man, that's amazing to me because we never had a platform where we could really speak and be heard. Yeah, outside of like the barbershop, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly, like. <laughs> Cause it's so easy to get a platform just saying some goofy shit, and I yeah. always told myself like, man, if I ever get like a platform or get influence, I'm gonna make sure. But in my opinion, what I believe is like the right thing to say that's gonna relate to like people that look like me. Real one, bro. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, cause man, man, you keep me on sometimes. Like, okay, bro, <laughs> hold on to me. Let me talk about, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I feel the same way about you. The shit you be saying, I be like, cause I, cause I. Like like I said earlier, I, I grew up around a lot of older older dudes that was older than me. So like especially like my brother, my brother, his friends and shit like that. So just getting information from people has always like been my thing. So when I see somebody old, I'm like, okay. I'm like like that's what I always say, like my, I think like I don't know. I feel like I'm cut. I don't. I ain't trying to brag or nothing. But I be feel like I'm cut from a, like a different cloth than like. Oh, you is. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay because somebody gotta be. Yeah, somebody yeah. Gotta be. 
And, and think about it. That wasn't always a good thing for you. Mitch, bro. You know, it became a good, it became a good thing now that I'm an adult. Because of what you did with it, though. Yeah. You did with everything that you started with. You know what I'm saying? And that's how, for me, we rare at this yeah. point now. You know, like just being raised with the with the like having to respect your elders is major in itself. It, it's simple, but you'll be surprised how many people my age or younger just don't give a fuck, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? They talking to anybody any kind of way. They don't like, agree with it's like damn, like I came up this one just and I be seeing that shit. I be like, bro, who raised them, bro? Yeah, it it, it, it make you feel funny inside. Yeah, you bro. Like, why are you talking to your mom like that, bro? Like, <laughs> bro, for real, bro. My pops, my pops would have never, would have never went for me talking to my mom crazy, bro. No, bro, you blow my shit out, my <laughs> Like, bro, what's wrong? Oh, not, I not, did it already. And not only that, but my brother would too. Like, I always yeah. tell people, like, bro, my house was like a, it was like a uh, hierarchy for real. It was like if my pops went there, either it was known. All right, my older brother in charge. If he went there, all right, now I'm in charge. So to this day, like, my little brother, he 20. I tell people this all the time. Like, my little brother 23. To this day, if we somewhere, like, when he come out here and visit me, it's like, I'm responsible for him. And he ain't getting caught up in no bullshit. Yeah, because you a big brother there. Right. Because I, I talked to my dad. I talked to my older brother. All right, what happened? You know what I'm saying? That's your little brother. You supposed to make You was responsible. That, and that's how, <laughs> man, the structure, that structure isn't as prevalent as it used to be, bro. And and because think about it, we, even though, because you 26, but we was more out on our own, more younger. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like, you know, parents are more like, oh, I don't want him going to the mailbox by himself. You know what I'm saying? We was sent out, you was in charge of your little brother. You might be walking all around through Chicago somewhere. No, but he knows y'all tight because that's how y'all moving. What y'all believe in, y'all family. You ain't about to go leave the house and disrespect that. No, all of that. no way. Ain't nothing you can do to make me disrespect the these. No. <laughs> you can be around. You know how it is. You can be around somebody like, oh, we doing this. Nah, we ain't. We got to go back to the crib, bro. We ain't doing bro. that. Especially if I got my little brother. Nah, we ain't. Nah. Oh, no. Especially not. We gone extra quick. <laughs> we, bro, we, if I'm by myself, I might do some bullshit. <laughs> I'm just responsible for me right now. Right, right. Oh no, nah, this is dead. We got, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. No, nah, nah. but that's that's like that's a different cloth, bro. Yeah. Some people will be like, ah, oh, man, it's it's my brother. He's in charge of himself, bro. He can do whatever he want, what he wants to do. Like, no, nah, you can't. Oh no, nah, that ain't how we. That ain't how we get down, bro. I ain't nah. let them do no clown. I ain't let them do no clown shit. No. Nah, Not bro. in front of me. I don't know what he nah. gonna do for himself. That's on him. Right. That's, that's on him. But when he that's went, on him. Nah, and he's still going to get checked if he get back to you. Like, hey, what's going on? Something this ain't about Yeah. <laughs> but hey, like, man, what's, what's going on, bro? I'm, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah but I wanted to ask you about, because uh, you mentioned this earlier, about uh, syndicating. And, uh, so, yeah, I just want you to dive into that. Like, how, how has that experience been with you so far? Yeah, man. So I'm really still got my training wheels on because you know how it is with us now. We just get into some shit and then kind of, you know what I'm saying? The hard way. Kind of figure it out. But so, man, I got a, I was, uh, I was, I was basically taking down, trying to take down an apartment building with a, with my guy, a buyer who ended up partnering with. And he was like, man, 
you got a whole bunch of buyers. Do you think you can help, you know, raise money for these deals? So this portfolio I have. So he's got a portfolio of uh, probably like about 1,300 units, something like that, um, all scattered across the south and across there. And so I became a syndication sponsor, which means I go out and find an investor to put up money to get a return on their money. And I get like 1% of the uh, of the investment and also get 10% equity on that piece. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it made me start like reading, uh, you know, and, and really learning about it. But basically syndication is, um, I was introduced to it through my grandfather who was finding partners for Ford Field in Detroit. So he found people to partner and put the money up to build it, put the money in the credit up to build it. So I really never thought that I would, you know, get into something like that. But now, you know how it is, man. You check your email, you don't know what you went to next. Hey, thanks. <laughs> you don't know what That's you're... real. That's real. You'll get all kinds. You'll be like, damn, I never thought I'd be into something like this. Right. Yeah, that's real. That's, that's dope, man. That's just uh, doing, like, doing it, for real. Yeah, that's, man. So I'm really, I'm really, really still learning the ins and outs of it, to be honest, bro. But I do understand it from a fundamental fundamental uh, standpoint, but I'm learning more myself, bro. Okay. And, and, and another thing I see you mention uh, often, you talk about reinvesting. And this is like, this is this, this, this key right here. Like how, just for the people that don't know, like how important it is re reinvesting those profits. Key. And I always start off people like, um, cause you know, a lot of people who are used to getting a check every week, they don't sometimes see the importance of investing cause they feel like it's some more money coming next week or the startup investor who maybe gets a big check and thinks that he's going to continue to get a big check off this all the time. It starts with that 10%, bro. That's what, that's what I always try to help my friends and family members out. Like, Hey, start putting 10% of everything you get into a shoebox and forget about it for a while. You know, a month, two months, you come back and look at the shoebox. You're like, man, I got shit in there. And that's how I try to hook people on it. But, it's so important to reinvest a portion of every dime. It don't have to be a large portion if you're not used to saving, but it's so key because that's the seed for your future. If things go awry or even if they don't, it gives you that added cushion to make another move outside of your current circumstances and build on your constant wins. Mm, mm, that's I think building on the constant wins is the most important thing because like yeah. you're not trying to got your mindset on building it, you could easily, that's when that shit gonna start, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and just like, okay, just to even get more specific, like a lot of people, you know, I helped a lot of people get started wholesaling within the last two years. But I always say like, there's nothing wrong with wholesaling, but put yourself in a position to buy. Mm. Yeah, like put yourself in a position to take something down. Like if you crack, if you actually doing decent, you cracking 10, say you're doing 10,000 a month. And you always have to wait on the next check. Look how many houses you've been passed up. You could have put five thousand down with a hard money lender and flipped, or you know, refied or something. But never reinvesting is a, a lot, lot to do with never getting satisfied on on a certain level. Because you reinvesting to grow to another level each time, and I think that that's key not to get satisfied. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's game right there, bro. That's because the wholesaling, that's why I tell wholesalers all the time, too. I'm like, you got to, that ain't no passive bread, bro. You got to get up that's every day. Right. 
You know, like, you know what I'm saying? The day you start working, you ain't gonna get no more bread. So you need to go ahead and buy you some property so you could chill if you wanted to. If you wanted to, bro, it's important to build up a portfolio because you can't always work. It's physically impossible. You impossible. Can't. It's impossible, bro. You might get those And that's the that's that is the lifeline of reinvesting, is it builds passive income. Mm-hmm. The more you reinvest, the the more you building up that stream of passive income. To, to float you for them off months. Because, bro, if I ain't have passive income sometimes, nah, bro, I, I, don't, I don't close every month. I don't close wholesale deals every month. I've been right, right. I did. Right. I wholesale deals every month. I try to. But the passive checks hold you down, though. They hold me down. That's what, you know what I'm saying? They, they hold you down, for real. They hold me down. You know, and that was one of the biggest things. Like, one of my guys, he, oh, man, he, Killing it, uh, my, my guy Eric uh, in, out of Memphis. He was killing it. He's still killing it. But now I'm coaching. He's like, "What you think I should do?" I said, "You need to start buying." He was right. like, "Oh, okay." Right. Yeah, he because he he kills it. He got a nice little machine going. I'm like, "You need to start buying," because that way you ain't at the mercy of the market, bro. Exactly, bro. No matter what, you sitting there, sitting on your ass playing a mm-hmm. game or something all day, you still gonna get that check, bro. You're going to get that check. That's all. Like, at the end of the day, that's all it's about, just having the option to not do some shit. You know what I'm saying? If you always got to, you know what I'm saying, get up and go to work every single day. Play it out, bro. Play the play. <laughs> play it out. You like, got to? <laughs> you, like, you, like, you got to? <laughs> you got to? You got to? Like, no. not, like, not that you want to or that you got to. Like, you ain't got no choice. If you don't go... Shit, you ain't gonna be able to eat. You ain't gonna be able to pay no bills. Like that's that's what passive bread really is. Cause it's so that term so it's so used so much to you. Like it's watered down kind of for mm-hmm. like people water it down with I think sometimes when people even hear it these days, they like, he about to say uh, bullshit, uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's about having options. Yeah, but then I think a lot of what we had to go through and what people don't understand is the work it takes to build up a passive income stream. So yeah, it's 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 still not a light term because it takes a lot of work to be able to put yourself in position to get an asset that's gonna give you passive income. That's mm-hmm. gonna take knowledge, saving, reinvesting, yep. all, network, relationships, all of those things to put you in position. Okay, I accumulated a certain amount of assets that pay me this month. So it's work until you get to that point, and then you still gotta maintain. Whatever that asset is, if it's a house, if it's a vending machine, if it's mm-hmm. an ATM machine, whatever it is, you got to be willing to, and willing and able to maintain that asset. Mm. That's some real shit right there, bro. And uh, the the last thing I wanted to get into was talk about your uh, ebook. Do you mind just uh, going oh. to the ebook for the uh, people that don't know? I appreciate you most definitely, bro. So the ebook, uh, the first chapter is basically how I got started. A lot of what I told you and a lot more information how I got started in real estate, um, how to start virtual wholesaling, uh, creative financing strategies, um, beginner action plans. I get real scripts, uh, contracts. It's a purchase agreement that I use and an assignment agreement I use in there. Um, glossary uh, for terms and math formulas, real estate formulas, um, and real estate lingo. And also I give like a bonus chapter with a, uh, actual REO uh, asset managers they can get in touch with to to find deals. Mm, that's fire, bro. So we have, where, where uh, can people check it out if they're interested? They can check it out on my website on promisedlandrealtyllc.com. 
Um, and it's a link on there, uh, shop, uh, on my shop. And you can go tap in and get it, bro. I advise it. And man, I give folks their money back if they don't like it. For real. I feel like I, I pour it. It's 71 pages long. I ain't never wrote nothing 70 Damn. pages long, bro. It's yeah. 70 pages long. And, uh, you know, I see how a lot of people was pricing theirs. And nothing against nobody pricing theirs. But I wanted to price mine for just the 40 so people can just go ahead and get what they need to get. You know, because that's a good ass price. Just to just to afford it. Learn all that, bro. Yeah, no, it's it's. I know what it is, bro. It, I mean, I could charge. It it could be its own course. Like just just honest to God, I because I poured almost pretty much everything I know into it. Mm. Pretty, I'm saying as far as just basic strategies and fundamentals and how to do it from every real life scenarios, my real life deals. So I just put everything I had into it, bro. Mm. And uh, also, they could get that uh, that money bookmark. That motherfucker hard. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker hard, bro. Nah, appreciate it, bro. I see you one, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna call one, bro. I'm getting one yeah. for you, my girl, bro. Yeah, call one for you and your girl. I got you, man. Yeah, that. I man, it was so crazy because I was in Detroit and I had did a post, and I um, a guy was like, "Man, where you get them from?" I'm like, "Bro, somebody gave it to me as a gift." And then somebody else was like, man, where you get that from? I'm like, uh-oh. You know, we start up capitalist Twitter. They going to hate us for that. Oh, they going to they gonna, <laughs> hey, hate you for everything. Gonna never, bro. <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. I, I, just, ain't lying. I just accept it and keep it pushing, bro. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. But uh, before we wrap up, bro, I just want to say, I mean, I appreciate you, bro, for taking the time out to come on and, and uh, tap in with me, bro. Me this is super dope, man. Yeah, man, I really appreciate you, bro, and I respect everything you're doing with your platform and keep going crazy, bro. Uh, everything open back up. Hopefully, we can link up in person, man, yeah. and meet somewhere. Definitely, bro. That's a that's a uh, no no brainer, bro. And, yeah, for <laughs> before, sure, I let you, before I let you go, do you mind plugging in all your stuff where people can find you, follow you, and stuff? Oh, no doubt, man. So on Instagram, um. Promised Land REI, and then my brother is Promised Land Realty. Um, he he does a lot of dope content. He's killing me on Instagram. He called on Instagram. Yeah, he, he got the ground down. He holding it down. Uh, yeah, he holding it down on, on the ground. And then I'm on Twitter at Promised Land REI. Um, my website, uh, Um, And I think that's, that's really about it. I got a LinkedIn, but I don't know it. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you can find me on there. You know, between Twitter and Instagram and the website, you can uh, connect with me on there. Yeah, bro, that's uh, that's all I got for you, bro. Again, appreciate you for coming on, man. Man, much respect, much love, bro. You're love, right. bro. All right, guys. So that was another episode. And in wrapping up, for those who don't know, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C Miller, and you can also follow Deanna at Deanna Kent on Instagram and Twitter. And also you can follow Park Hill Capital on Instagram and the Million Mindsets podcast at M Mindsets Pod. That's all we have for you guys. Appreciate y'all for listening to another episode. Peace. Right, if you're trying to make a million dollars, if you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, I'm gonna talk about it. 
No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations? Why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper. I've been chasing greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, be strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments. And sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people. If you know they solid, elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that sh- that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag to your bank account. Need that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.